It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis, and who, sir, looking very seasonal (laughs) and snuggly are you? Uh, I am the producer. I'm Matt Duncan. Freddie, uh, yes, uh, we're heading into December now. Why not start things off early, right? Get cozy, make yourself a tea, talk some basketball. Sure. Yeah. I love when Christmas starts early. Uh, <laughs> every time I go into a shoppers and it's like early November and there's a bunch of Christmas stuff. <laughs> feels great. Um, just kidding, Matt, you look great. You're the best. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's dive right in, right, right into this. If you're returning to the podcast, uh, or if you're here for the first time, um, welcome. We are Raptors slash NBA hardcore fans, analysts, comedians, everybody's welcome pod um i will say before we get started free britney griner and uh let's bring on guest number one uh he's done this podcast uh a healthy amount of times i'm not sure how many times um he's a, a hilarious person a, a great dude uh good stand-up good improviser uh sketch comedian uh, just an all-around uh, lovely person to be around. He is recording in what I think is a boiler room. I'm not quite sure. I'll, I'll let him explain it. Um, please give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Patrick Ronan-Stewart. Especially if you're home alone. Make your neighbors uncomfortable, baby. Freddie, do you remember that one commercial shoot we did where where I had to scream really loud? Mm-hmm. While no, uh, while right. holding a burger and uh, and you said that as I was doing that people formed a crowd outside of the house we were in because they thought yep. there was a murder happening. Yeah, film shoots are pretty reckless. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> I'm a very loud and healthy in- individual. I love it. Um, thank you for joining. Uh, I hope you're doing good. I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here. I love spending time with my two favorite guys. <laughs> oh. um, okay, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, it's her second time doing the pod. Uh, if you're on Raptors Twitter, you for sure know her. She's hilarious. Um, I mean, I was coming through with that uh, Mariah Carey photo with the double guns, which I love so much, um, from Dishes and Dimes, Yahoo Sports. Uh, please give it up. As loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Iman Aiden. Not especially if you're home alone. Not a quiet chill day. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Two different vibes. <laughs> 
different vibes welcome uh how's it going iman thanks for doing the show god thanks for having me i like i like talking raptors after a win it's always way more fun it is oh my god and leah let's jump right in it because the vibes are absolutely wonderful um um but yeah we'll get to it pascal's back uh, uh along with a bunch of other uh raptors we love um maddie d give me your weirdest loudest or chillest weird owl raptors sting hashtag we the north Nice. Okay. I'm not sure if that's new, but I feel like it was. was Trust uh, in Masai. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not uh, the mispronunciation of Masai. Um, I guess by a computer, Masai. Um, it's weird. You know, I think the computer can pronounce other harder things. Uh, but yeah, Masai. Um, I think yeah. the, uh, You'd I think be surprised. Still, still better than how Bill Simmons pronounces it. So. <laughs> Wait, how does Bill Simmons say it? Uh, Uhiri for Ujiri for sure. Wow. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, and Masai, I mean, he changes it up. He gives it some flavor every time. It'll be a little different. He calls he him Matthew. A little bit scared. Matthew. <laughs> he calls him Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? He probably does. Um, if you listen to Bill Simmons... What do you think about that? Um, fight Freddy. <laughs> fight me, Mr. Simmons. Um, I think he'd probably beat me up. I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd so run away. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let, let's jump into this one. And um, a pretty interesting question from a, a frequent listener uh, to the pod and a, and a good friend of mine. Um, and, you know, uh, we were kind of chatting about Chris Boucher's, you know, his, his unique contribution uh, last year and this year, right? You know, I think a lot of Raptors fans are familiar with Chris's journey. Um, in Tampa, he was uh, starting on the team, putting up big numbers, obviously bad year. Uh, last year, he had a really rough start, and then he kind of, you know, uh, started meditating. And um, not that that's the main reason, but, you know, he, he spoke to that and, kind of you know he became this like this this master of hustle like he is just there when it matters he can do everything um he's not so shot reliant he's just a really positive contributor i think in the dallas win um we're recording this uh on the um the the 29th after the cleveland win but after the dallas win you know for me the game really changed when, when he came in in that first quarter and uh, yeah, so we were kind of riffing on this idea and, and I want to ask you both, like I have a player in mind, I can start. Um, who's a, a role player that has sort of changed their style of play to, to fit the team? You know, who's someone that makes you think, like, you know, because it's happened before and uh, yeah, who's someone who kind of, who's giving off the like, I just want to win and I will do what it takes vibes of Chris. Um, uh, that's not necessarily, we've seen stars do it, right? We've seen stars you know, as they get limited through uh, time athletically, they can kind of do other things. And the guy I thought of, there's a couple people I thought of, but the one I feel like fits this for me uh, is Trevor Ariza. Um, I think Trevor Ariza, you know, proved he can be a starter and he can put up, you know, big scoring numbers. Uh, I believe he won a championship with the, with the Kobe Gasol Lakers um, but you know, later in his career, he really became this, this corner shooter, this guy who, uh, you know, would just play hard on defense and 
kind of wait for Harden to pass the ball. And, you know, he also became a key contributor uh, off the bench for Houston. Um, and uh, yeah, so Trevor Ariza is kind of uh, someone I thought of as a, as a role player. Yeah. He, he got a, I'd say he's probably made a lot more money than Chris. Um, maybe not, you know, with inflation and everything, but uh, Trevor Reza is, is a guy I thought of. Um, I can pull up his stats in a second, but uh, let me go to you first, uh, Pat. Is, uh, you know, do you, do you think Trevor Reza is a good comp? Uh, are, is your head going elsewhere? I do love Ariza so much. Ariza, every time I did a 2K fantasy draft from like 2010 to like 2017, Ariza was always my starting small forward. Always a very good contract for what he brought you is three and D is perfect. Um, I think that his, like his, like his career was a very interesting one. Cause he was like a, a high school rookie playing on the Knicks, went to the magic was kind of like, Oh, is he going to stick somewhere? And then he found positions of where he stuck. And also like, uh, I think he found his true love with Daryl Morey. He's like, you fit perfectly in this new NBA. Welcome to a job forever. So yeah, I'm a bigger reason fan. Um, and yeah, dude, yeah, I, I feel like he's, to me, he's a good example of someone who's mm-hmm. made it work, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. I will, uh, because I love, uh, my way. Well, I got to point the right way. Wait, here you go. Your couch. Uh, I, 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 oh yeah. My couch. I, lo- I love my dude Damar so much that I will always remember when, uh, Trevor Risa tried to elbow him in the brain, uh, really scared me. <laughs> Demar was running away and he, he swiped at him with like a full kind of Muay Thai elbow and he just missed the back of his head. Uh, it was very scary. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. Mr. Riza. Um, yeah. Do you, uh, do you have someone else uh, in, in mind, Pat? Is there someone you think that um, is c- kind of has that, like the, they've been a role player through time that is. Yeah. Shifted? So, uh... Yeah. To keep it, uh, so I first thought of Boris Diaw, a man who was cut from the worst team in NBA history, the uh, 2011-12 Bobcats, and then signed with the Spurs and became one of the most important parts on one of arguably the best basketball teams of all time. Yeah, that's a great He is a savant, and he just kind of, like, I feel like – he could stay in France and be the greatest French player of all time. But in the NBA, he would just kind of get bored of bad basketball. But then when he found good basketball, he would just step up to a whole nother level to see. Because uh, he was like a starter, like, oh, we want you to take all these shots, blah, 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 to go to the Spurs system and fit so perfectly. I think that's a good fit. That's a great one. Yeah. And um, funny, funny little thing about Dio. Um, I always loved, like, I forget what podcast he was on, but. And people have talked about this, but he is obsessed with coffee and he try mm-hmm. to make uh, have people drink coffee in the change room all the time. And mm-hmm. that's funny to me because like, you know, just playing pickup basketball, it's like, I don't want, I don't want an espresso like right before mm-hmm. I play basketball, but um, you know, whatever. Cheer, cheers to Boris. Uh, I hope I'm not uh, stealing this from you, uh, Iman, but um, makes me think of Batum, right? Has been, you know, a person oh, who's yeah. been, I, I don't know, I guess he was an all-star, but, you know, not a full-on star, someone who sort of shifted around and and also left Charlotte and done a lot better after that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Iman, is there anyone that comes to mind for you, like, like a role player that's kind of... And they got to be French. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be French. Um 
No, the way that I sort of thought about this, and I, I think Boris Dio is like the perfect comp, just Chris Boucher was in a similar situation, right? Where like, who knew he was going to be in the league? The Warriors got rid of him, right? Like, and yeah. he finds his space on this team here. Um, but the way that I sort of saw it is what I think has made Chris Boucher a good player, like why he is so integral to what the Raptors do, is because last season he kind of had this humbling moment where he realized – He's not Pascal Siakam. He cannot mm-hmm. do it all. And so his role has really been relegated to a couple of things. Because if you remember that Tampa season, Chris Boucher was shooting the ball really, really well. Yeah. And so last season, he assumed that he could continue to shoot the ball really, really well. But Chris, that is not your game. I don't want you taking threes off the dribble. I don't want you taking threes above the break. That is not uh, where you're best suited. And so... Um, about halfway through last season, he kind of had that realization and became just this hustle guy and understood not to do too much, but to play within his role. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking, who are some players who recognize their role and don't play with outside of that? So game is not comparable in any way. And this guy sure. is a star, but Clay Thompson is someone who does not dribble the basketball because yeah. he's not asked to, right? It's like, mm-hmm. we don't want you to do anything outside of the purview of what your role is. You're a specialist in this category, and we want you to be the best player who can shoot the ball, right? Like, to me, Clay Thompson has the prettiest jump shot in the NBA, and I don't think it's close. Terrence Ross, mm-hmm. you're, you're maybe number two for me. But oh, like, some P-Ross love. I love it. <laughs> I think his shot is really pretty. Mrs. It is. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think that, like, so to me, I just saw it as, like, someone like Clay Thompson, who I think Clay in another role outside of the Warriors, can be, I mean, he's an all-star. He's a future Hall of Fame player. He's yeah. an incredibly talented guy. And outside of the Warriors, we could see an expanded role for him. We can see him do other things. But he's such a specialist in what he does that he doesn't need to take a dribble. We don't need to see him initiate an offense. We don't need to see him play make at all. We just need him to knock down shots when he's there and play defense. And so, like, to me... Um, that's kind of similar to what the Raptors have asked Chris Boucher to do. It's like, we don't need you to bring up the ball. We don't need you to play make. We don't need you to shoot. We need you to be our hustle guy and be the best rebounder this team has. Be the best energy guy this team has. Go out there and block three-point shots and shots at the rim. And so I think just like narrowing the scope of what he can do on a basketball court and being the best at that version is something that Clay did in a complete extreme other way. Right. But that's sort of the parallel that I saw. Yeah, I think it's a great parallel. And, you know, I feel like it's – we always want people to be able to do everything, you know, um, yeah. this isn't about uh, a Scotty, but I'm thinking about someone like, you know, Scotty Barnes, who has so many different types of skills. Or and precious. He, precious needs to learn. Precious. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Precious <laughs> is a perfect example. And like, yeah. you know, I think precious spoke to, uh, or spoke about Thaddeus young, right. Who's also someone who's a kind of like a master in, you know, is a star in his role. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's definitely a thing I feel like that the average fan kind of takes for granted, like just how hard that is and mm-hmm. and how much dedication it takes to and so you know, you have to you check know your you ego. can do more. Exactly. That's the thing. When yeah. you know you can do more, but you're just being asked to do something so little, you're like, but I can bring the ball up. We've seen Chris Boucher do it. We know he can do it. Mm-hmm. We've seen Chris Boucher knock threes. We know he can do it. But like you're not Pascal, but we're not going to run our offense through you. We don't want that from you. And so I think it's like an ego check. I think it's a little bit of like this humbling moment um, to recognize that you have a specific role and it might be smaller than what you want, but it's so necessary to what the team does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, uh, the, the, the other side of all that hard work is like, you will get a lot of praise. You will help your team win. And, you know, I think if you can, 
yeah, if you can get to that other side and like believe in the system of whatever your coach is saying, um, which again, it's easier said than done. Some coaches like have the wrong idea of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you can also go the the other way, right? Like, look at a, a Jordan Clarkson this year. You know, was kind of this like super sub scoring guy, and then like you know is starting and really distributing and scoring more. Mm-hmm. And Utah's been, I feel like they've faded a little bit. You know, they're twelve and ten, but they're still, you know, they're not a joke at all, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's uh, let's stick with you, Iman, uh, and and move on to the next question here, and. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a rotation question. I just feel like, you know, the, the vibes are back, you know, uh, obviously, um, I think Banton saw the court, but, uh, apparently champagne is healthy. Uh, Scotty was back. I was at the game yesterday. Um, Scotty definitely, he's got some on his knee. Um, and he doesn't seem like he has a lot of bounce, but he's back. Yeah. He came off the bench for his first time in his career, which sort of, uh, made me think about this question. Gary also came off the bench. So, you know, Wancho and Thad started over those guys, uh, again, could be health, could be, you know, a lot of different reasons, but yeah, we're 20 games into this season and, What's your, you know, excluding guys like uh, uh, Otto and Precious who will be out for a little while still, what's your kind of ideal rotation, you know, given the, you know, the obvious that, of course, there will still be experimentation, you know? Right. I mean, I love that. I think that he works so beautifully with the starters, but I still want a regular starting lineup. Like, I (laughs) personally, I still want... Scotty and and Gary to come off the bench. I think one thing is the Raptors don't really play like a hockey lineup or you the hockey subs. I'm assuming that's what happens in hockey because I hear it on the broadcast. Yeah, um, but um, no, yeah. they they uh, play a lot of hybrid lineups, right? And so you, I think, staggering Fred VanVleet and, and Pascal Siakam is going to be important to what this team does, despite the fact that they have the best chemistry on the team together, having gone through the G League and the bench and everything like that together. Um, but to me, I think still having your your typical starting five. Um, I, I know that a lot of people have been wanting maybe Gary to come off the bench and have mm-hmm. been sort of calling for that. I think if, and I, I can see the Raptors doing it, but I don't like it because, I mean, you talked about it with Jordan Clarkson as someone who was a sixth man before. Jordan Poole, uh, Tyler Hero. These are guys who maybe a lot of people compare to Gary Trent Jr., but the one thing that they do different than him is play make and create for other people. And that's yeah. something that Gary Trent Jr. doesn't do. And I think uh, the reason why I kind of like the idea of Scotty and Gary together off the bench for a game, although don't love that moving forward, is because Scotty gets to be that, right? Like yeah. you have sort of the combination of the two there where Scotty is your playmaker and he is, he can do that. And then Gary also can create for himself. Um, and so like they kind of seem like, you know, combined perfect six man, but like also perfect starter combined. Um, but I, I just personally uh, think that like Scotty and Gary should come off the starting lineup. I don't think that uh, Gary's a great bench player. I think he does best what he does uh, in, in the starting lineup um, just because the Raptors need sort of creation. When, when a play breaks down and Pascal is doubled, you need someone who can create their own shot. You need someone who can sort of save a play in the final moments. And I don't know that there are very many people who do that better than a Gary Trent Jr. in the starting lineup. So I think I, I like what he does there. And I don't know that he can be your six man if he lacks the playmaking of all of those great six men, right? Like the Lou Williams and the Jordan Clarkson type yeah. of player, they need to playmake and Gary Trent Jr. does not have that in his game currently. So I, I kind of like that as a starter. And in terms of like what the subs are, 
I think that OG and Gary Trent, oh, sorry, OG and Scotty Barnes have such great chemistry. We know that Scotty wants a bigger role. We know that he wants to, to play a little bit more. And I think that Scotty is sort of your play starter with the bench and OG is your play finisher. I think really works well. So in terms of like the hybrid lineups that I would like to see, I want Scotty and OG to be paired up and I want Fred and Pascal to be paired up a bunch um, while understanding that we probably need to stagger them. But I think that that kind of is the mold for what this Raptors rotation looks like when you have your starters, but you're sort of pairing up OG and Scotty specifically because their chemistry has been so great. And you're pairing up Fred and Pascal because they have the best chemistry in the league. Mm. Wow. I mean, I, I a thousand a million times percent <laughs> yeah. agree with every single thing you Sorry, said. I said a lot of points. No, I know. Great like, points. That's like everything I was thinking when I wrote this question, like that is, this is probably a horrible analogy, but it's like, I don't play a lot of pinball, but I feel like it's like that. When you started talking, it was like the ball hit every single point that was in my head. <laughs> and then everything. What's that one called where you're just playing with yourself? I'm like, I'm not ripping paddle ball. anybody else. <laughs> paddle ball. That was paddle ball. That's what that was. <laughs> uh, no, but like, it's like everything just lit up. And, you know, I, I've been saying that. I think the conversation early or in the summer rather was kind of like this. Uh, and we've talked about this a little bit uh, uh, the first time we were on the pod, but you know, this, this idea of precious versus Gary, which, you know, we won't have to think about for a little while, unfortunately, but I, I really think that, uh, you know, I couldn't agree with more. Um, you know, I think that Gary really thrives next to Pascal next to Fred can bail us out of a shot clock scenario. Um, and it's kind of hung out to dry on the bench. But I was thinking about this question because watching him and Scotty come together, I was like, oh, he has some of that there. Um, and yeah, I, I think you just, you, you, you totally hit everything. And, um, you know, the, the one thing I'll add that I was sort of thinking about, I was a bit curious, uh, like at the game, was I feel like Wancho is really starting to fit in with this roster mm -hmm. in a couple different ways. Like he's a bit, I don't know if he's, if he, you could describe him as like a good defender, but I think he does stuff like he reads the game well and yeah, he's not like a full on fad style vet, but he's also not ro a rookie. Like he's been around, like he, he had a nice block. Um, you know, he's made, he made some nice rotations. Uh, and I think, he can shoot the ball. I feel like he hasn't shot it that well this season. I don't know what his percentages are, but you know, like the stroke is there and I think the confidence is there. And I, I feel like he's someone I, I want as part of the rotation and, you know, sorry, Pat, I hope I'm not taking everything here, but um, the, the last thing I think, you know, people want point Scotty and they want Scotty to create. And I feel like the coming, you know, the second unit is the place to do that, which mm -hmm. then makes me think, maybe the people who really I don't want to say don't deserve minutes but like can't get minutes in a really healthy lineup are, are, are Malachi and, and Banton because I feel like if Wancho's mm -hmm. there and he can shoot um, and Thad is clearly you know becoming an integral part of uh, you know a couple different lineups obviously Boucher um, yeah I wonder where if, if there are minutes for those guys uh, Pat I hope, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take everything, but like, what's, uh, yeah. What's your thoughts on what Iman said and what's your thoughts in general about, you know, the rotation without, uh, auto and, uh, precious. So, so I will say as a proud Kipling station user, uh, let's just play Banton 40, uh, 48 minutes a game. <laughs> sure. We don't need sure. anyone else. We just need Rexdale's finest. Let's go. Yep. Um, no, I, I like, 
there's like I like I remember watching the game and just kind of being like the idea of keeping it fluid and keeping it not the same all the time is really interesting to me because mm-hmm. it's it's like playing like hey we're all so self-confident in what we're doing we don't need these labels oh i don't need to be a starter i'm I'm <laughs> cool but you know that's like a beautiful situation if it happens but if it's not whatever um yeah like there's i like i like i kept thinking like man it'd be cool if we added one more piece to this like i know we had a lot of good pieces but if we added you know of course we need like the backup point guard or the backup guy to kind of throw everything around would be great but um no i'm i think i'm more just excited about the the level of experimentation and it hasn't backfired yet which is nice yeah and so like when when you think experimentation are you thinking that yeah we're not doing the hockey lineup or that you know for instance a guy like wancho is getting some opportunity now versus you know coloco early in the season was starting and like yeah exactly where you're coming from yeah for 100 it's uh we're not afraid to take swings uh because i think we have um you know uh, the past to kind of lean on being like, Oh no, our swings usually end up with hits. So let's keep taking these swings. Um, you know, I like it's, it's weird cause we are a good team, but we are still developing a young core. Yeah. So yeah. To have these young, so, so like to have these young folks have opportunities to see different angles of the floor that doesn't like, that just helps us for the long run. Maybe not so much in the playoffs because we do want to lock down like who was our top, whatever guys but this is a great way to uh, get some reps for some uh good young folks also um about uh wancho uh did you both think he was gonna play like bo cruz <laughs> like after watching hustle and be like all right this this move is he, he's gonna play like the movies like oh he's just a good role player cool 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 all right cool <laughs> I have not watched Hustle. I don't Neither have I. Neither really, have it's I. it's not that good. Like <laughs> <laughs> I sort of figured that, but also I still want to watch it because, like, you, you know, the basketball nerd in me is wants to be. I like, can't believe you got away from watching that. Like, because like all my friends told me as a basketball, guy, it's like, yo, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. You guys was like, all right, cool. I watched. I like, couldn't finish mid. Uncut Gems because it, I was too anxious halfway through, and I know that it. Yeah. I know what the ending was, but I was like, I'm too anxious. <laughs> for this and i stopped it halfway through so uh yeah didn't start hustle you're just I, you're just a big andre Iguodala fan and you couldn't <laughs> take watching him lose in the playoffs again i think <laughs> that i'm just like uh like defiant in, in in like a stupid way that i don't even understand uh so when a lot of people are like you got to watch this there's a part of me that's like sure but I never will. Um, and <laughs> they, I, 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 it's indefensible. But I'll also say this just to throw him under the bus because I enjoy doing that. Um, folks, get in the comments. Matty D has still not finished Space Jam. Um, and I, I don't know why. Uh, but um, yeah, he's tried and he, I guess he can't get back to it. So feel free to, you know, if you have any curiosities about why you won't watch that movie. Um, he's afraid of, of star- Newman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's afraid of Newman from Seinfeld. Um, um, so yeah, uh, just if you're curious, like I am, let him know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I, I went in too many directions. I don't even know what I was talking about, but, um, yeah, that, I feel like that, that about does it any, any more kind of like rotation. Oh, uh, uh, sorry. Let me say one more thing. Um, I want to put my hand up as someone who kind of freaks out about Nick nurse early in the year. And then I feel like I never see. The, like I never seen Nurse's Endgame, which makes sense because he knows a lot more about basketball than I mm-hmm. ever will. But um, 
I think that he definitely uses the first quarter of the season, if not a bit more, to experiment like crazy. And um, yeah, it's easy to get like, you know, go game to game or week to week and kind of forget about that. And it, it seems like and I might be reading into this too much, but it seems like that that sample of the season, you know, it seems like going forward, forward we're going to experiment a little bit less and he's had a lot of mm-hmm. looks at a uh, at a lot of guys in different kind of roles um yeah i'm not sure what uh, what do you think about that Iman? yeah i mean uh, that's kind of nick nurse is a, a mad scientist for uh, i i also like uh, i think we live and die by the game so much more yeah. when our jobs are not tied to what this team looks like in the spring <laughs> weekend, yes. live and die with this, by, yeah. by every single win. Um, but yeah, I just I I, I learned to to trust the process with Maynard. So I am I'm trusting the process here. Yeah, I, I really I, you know I, I trust the Maasai process, the Bobby process so much, and I feel like with Nurse I get really kind of like uh, jittery and um, yeah, that's on me. Uh, what 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 about you, Pat? Do you do you have any of those feelings with Nurse, or are you fully like, hey, I trust Nurse implicitly? I mean, I trust, it. and you kind of want someone to experiment too. I think we're Definitely. in a position where we're not guaranteed home court, and we don't yeah really care that much, right? So at the beginning of the season, you know, it's not the worst to get some losses. You know, like we're trying to not be in the playoff. That's kind of what we're going for, and we're yep. trying to get that. Uh, is it the seventh seed? No, uh, we're trying to get the sixth seed, right? Sixth seed, yeah. So that's a place full of good times to experiment, have fun, see what works, see what doesn't, so that you get into a comfortable position. Like you know, we're not challenging to get the to, to get the one seed. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. It'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, the uh, you know the the West is a bit more chaotic, but it, it really does seem like you know a lot of people predicted. Um, I think a lot of people said Philly as well. I I, I sort of had Boston and Milwaukee as a, mm-hmm. as a, in a tier by themselves, and I feel like we're already kind of seeing that yeah. um, in in the East. Um, but uh, yeah, let's experiment a little bit more. Let's talk some NBA. Uh, Maddie D, you're going to be coming in here. Uh, if you could give me your best weirdest. Weird Al NBA Sting. This is Adam Silverhawk. All Weird Al all the time. Uh, that's who we are now. We're uh, a Weird Al sound cues. Uh, Maddie D, if you would, um, thank you very wow. much. You're gonna kick. You're gonna kick off this segment. Oh jeez. Uh, as yeah, it's a new use oh, here. Oh dear. We were all kind of chatting about this at the beginning. Uh, or you know, but I think before we started recording, uh, it, the NBA has turned to betting uh, it, it, in, in such an extreme way. Uh, it's it's wild. Like I think everything is centered around betting. Uh, Iman made the good point of of saying like how that even ends up like being, um, you know, part of the conversation. Uh, Iman, I don't want to you know steal your point there, but. Yeah, I've heard a lot of podcasts where it's sort of like, yeah, even Lowe was like, yeah, I got to do an over-unders pod. You know, like it's sort of this thing where it's like, okay, I better I better give the people what they want, kind of. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was kind of thinking, you know, in an imaginary world where uh, we were put in a position uh, to kind of experiment uh, with the NBA and 
and try and create like a, a different revenue stream for them. Um, what might that be? So uh, Maddie D you are yeah. yeah in your own, you're the winner of some kind of shark tank type thing. Mm-hmm. And not how that show works, buddy. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> There's no winners. <laughs> I clearly, I haven't watched Hustle. I haven't watched Shark Tank. No worries. Um, and uh, yeah, it's okay. Forget about Shark Tank. Um, but Maddie D, your 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 goal is to bring in some more money to mm-hmm. the NBA. Uh, you know what? Like, what's the, what are you gonna do? You know, what's the plan? Well, I think what I'd like to do is focus on merchandising a little bit and sure. You know, I I think it would be nice to be able to explore the different flavors of every franchise all in one aisle at the grocery store or at a 7-Eleven. Mm. I'm saying like give me a, a king cake baby, you know, little New Orleans piece of cake with a with a plastic doll in the middle of it. Sure, you know, I feel sure. like I want to yeah. you know, start to have have the teams branded on things of course the raptors would be sort of shawarma you'd be able to get that at your yep. local coffee time tim hortons okay, could maybe do teams? a joint you know they could do joint <laughs> things you could have a, a sort of shawarma burger at mcdonald's or something i'm just yeah. thinking on top of my head here but you know uh yeah things like that i want to get more I, I want people to and and also to like introduce people to the different cities and what they're known for and stuff, you know, because I, I don't really know what's going on in Sacramento. Yeah. I got sure. no idea. And I, I'd like to, you know, whatever, if it's some kind of a brisket sandwich they're known for or a, a fancy pizza, uh, you know, double dish or whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think that they, they should focus on, on more merchandising with that stuff and, and, and get away from the betting a little bit, you know, bring some just normal joy that uh, you don't have to, you know, have money down on to, to enjoy, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm into it. You know, um, oh, man, um, I Googled Sacramento's signature food. What is it? Hear it? Yeah. There isn't much more iconic in Sacramento cuisine than a Frank style New York steak loaded with oyster sauce and onions, along with a banana cream pie for dessert. Whoa. Yuck. Oyster <laughs> sauce on a steak. Okay. Uh, a real Vladdy Divash <laughs> type of yeah. meal. Yeah. You, you have that. You look at the beam. You know, you enjoy the, you enjoy <laughs> California's you capital. <laughs> then, you, then you go to bed. Yeah, you, everybody goes to bed very early in Sacramento. Um, uh, Matt, this is good. I'm glad you went into to food. You know, I don't think the NBA is is making enough money off of food. They definitely they they need to go there. This is great. Honestly, it's better than betting. Um, let's uh, let's go to you uh, next, uh, Pat. Um, yeah, what's what's another way the NBA could could bring in some dough? I want to do a goofy answer, but I'm just going to do a real answer. Expansion, baby, expansion, expansion, expansion. The teams that the, the league is the most talented has ever been. Yeah, every team's good. The Spurs yeah. are tanking by like doing little tricks where where they're like uh, they're playing against like a like an elite center. So like, oh, like oh, I guess Pirtle can't play, and then they lose. They have to do tricks to lose. And that's one of the worst teams. Like, there's no teams besides the Hornets, really, that, like, you look at and be like, oh, everyone, like, there's not a lot of good players on this team. Everyone Mm -hmm. has at least, like, four to five good players on their team. So let's get Seattle a team. Let's get Vegas a team. Let's get Dundas, Ontario a team. (laughs) Let's flesh out this league. There's money everywhere. 
more teams. So let's see some awful jersey designs too. Um, shout out to Dundas, Ontario, uh, Devil's Punch Bowl. It's a beautiful waterfall. Um, I, I mean, I've talked about it before. I'm, I've been so pro expansion for for a very, very long time. I think uh, a lot of the uh, ideas I hear from from folks, so uh, you know, sort of about the, about the season, about the NBA in general, ends up being kind of like less basketball. And I think that we actually need more basketball. Uh, it is the you know, most you know elite league. Uh, are one of the most elite leagues in the world, um, you know, especially the the North American major sports. Uh, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but NFL is like 2,000 players. Um, MLB is something like 1,500. The NHL is 1,000. And the NBA is 500 players. And we probably know, like, players that play is probably like 250. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I totally agree. Um, I, I love that you kind of came in with a serious answer. Um that's welcome as well. Uh, Iman, how are you going to bring the NBA more revenue? Uh, So I've decided to blend it with my favorite thing. Don't judge me guys, but my favorite show uh, is big brother. (laughs) Okay. This (laughs) is good. It's a great show. Uh, And um, so, yeah, so reality TV, love me some reality TV. And I was thinking, I'm willing to be flexible with this idea you can put mascots in a house together and have cameras on them 24-7. Okay, that's great. <laughs> what I was thinking, and they, they vote each other out every week, that's you know? amazing, Just yeah. Starting rivalries unnecessarily between teams. Um, like, why did <laughs> the gorilla vote King Cake Baby out? Sure. <laughs> or the scary pelican guy? Um, <laughs> or I was thinking, Summer League. Summer League's boring. I know everyone makes it out to be this, like, really exciting time. It's kind of boring, but what if, I mean, everyone's on the strip anyway, so everyone mm-hmm. is in within the same vicinity. Why don't we rent out a house and put in the players? And as teams get eliminated, <laughs> they're being voted out. So it's like, I don't care what you do on the court. Like, who cares who wins the summer league games? Nobody yeah. cares. So how you actually lose is by being voted out by the other teams that are there. Um, and I think that this would be great television. We film it all. The NBA needs content in the summer. We know this because people pretend that summer league is enjoyable. Um, so cameras <laughs> on them at all times. And there you go. You get your content. It works in the summer. Now the NBA is a year round sport. Uh, that's straight up wonderful. I actually think, uh, I, I mean, I think expansion's a real idea, but, uh, you know, I really feel like, uh, it, it, there's so much kind of like reality TV blurring anyways. And, uh, I think people, F1. Would go- people love F1. I don't think anyone heard about F1 until Netflix started recording them. Totally. And I mean, you know, um, my 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 partner Caitlin's like you know she she's a Raptor fan she's an NBA fan um, but not as hardcore as me but if I watch an open gym without her she gets mad um, <laughs> so we, like we have to watch open gym together and I feel like yeah it's just it's the the human narratives like I think the you know obviously the way it's filmed sports documentaries are are, are fantastic and also like they're mm-hmm. these are entertaining people can you imagine. Yeah. Someone like Scotty being in Big Brother. It'd be so like, good. And these are all be... rookies and like sophomore. Like these are young guys. So the NBA is still learning about them. And now we get to watch them on TV. And it's a bunch of guys hoping to get onto a team. You know how you sell a team on you? Be entertaining on television. It works. Yep. 
I definitely think there'd be a couple of players who like say the wrong thing and ruin their career. Um, yeah, that's true. They can't have the big brother 24 seven cameras. Yeah. You know what? Them. They would just edit it in a friendly way. Like, um, okay. I think my idea is by far the worst. Uh, I sort of had two floating around. One was um, you basically have uh, idea fairs uh, in, in the arenas where where you get fans to basically like pitch ideas um and like they could basically have fan theme nights so uh for instance like matt would be you know his, his idea would be like uh food night or whatever and then basically all these different stylized foods and then the nba would do that as sort of as a way to kind of like so sure cake yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like bring in different um you know, just more theme nights. Like, you know, we have a lot of different themes anyway. So why not like see what the fans want to want to see? Um, open open it up a bit more. And the other one, and I think this is uh, it doesn't even make sense to me, but uh, I think when you're a big time celebrity, like in, like a you know you're in the NBA, you kind of don't do cameo. It's usually people who kind of stop playing or celebrities that maybe need a bit more dough. So. I or, would like to see. Oh, sorry, player sons. What is that about? Yeah. What? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Exactly. Weird. This is people who are like, listen, I need to make some some of my own dough. I don't want to rely on, um, you know, my dad. Like, Somebody use his name. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to rely on him, but I will rely on his name. Um, yeah. I, I would like to see fans basically sort of like auction for uh, a chance to have like a, like a cameo. And then the cameos would be in like a, a weird giant bracket and then people could vote. It would be like, you know, sort of, it's not totally different from like a, uh, you know, like uh, n- not, not like a big brother, but kind of reality TV scenario where it would be a competition that has nothing to do with the NBA, but ev- everything to do with these specific cameos. The reason I thought about it, uh, one of my favorite videos of all time, uh, I don't know if you uh, you all would remember this, but it's OG uh, wishing Danny Green happy birthday. And it's everything about it's so weird and amazing. He's in, he's in a place that's very sunny. He's wearing like a giant kind of farmer's hat. OG's being his weird, hilarious self. And that just made me think, like, if you if were making these guys – wish different people happy birthdays or congratulate them. Like you just see a lot, like, like things would happen. It would be strange. Um, so cameo off is my idea, but this was good. I hope you're listening, uh, Adam Silver and, uh, you know, taking this all in and you can, you can find us on social media and, um, uh, yeah, don't send a cease and desist, but like, you know, hire us or whatever. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to the last question. Uh, thank you, Maddie D. Okay, so last question. Uh, let me go to you first, Iman. Uh, and yeah, so we talked about it a little bit with the Raptors, but we are a quarter of the way through the NBA season. Things are starting to settle a little bit. Um, who do you think, you know, I guess so far, but in general, like, you know, thinking, you know, as the season progresses, who do you think has improved the most? Like, What team has the realest looking improvements to you? Um, the Sacramento Kings. 
Yeah. The Sacramento yeah. Kings for me. They're they're a good team, which just feels very weird. They have a positive net rating um, at this point in the season. I don't know that they have had that for the last 16 years. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I kind of want to give them a little bit of love because Tyrese Halliburton has just been unstoppable. Um, which like 40, 40 assists and zero turnovers makes no sense to my brain. That's what he's had over the last three games. But no, like the, the trade they made, I still don't love it for, like I still don't love it in general, but mm-hmm. I can understand it a little bit more. I think one of the biggest risks was Demontis Sabonis, I think is expiring this year. So did you give up a rental? But I feel like he's found his fit. He looks really good there with De'Aaron Fox. They have an elite offense. Their offensive rating is top three or something in the league currently. Kevin Herter has been unstoppable for them in terms of like his three-point shooting. So they're not just doing it because they've got these two stars who are playing like a star, but they're also getting contributions from elsewhere. Malik Monk just had a giant game for them in a loss to the Suns, but it was a really, really close game. So even in these losses, I feel like they've shown some improvement. It's not like you're going up there and playing the Kings and it could just be like a sleep through beating of, of Sacramento, but like you actually have to play and their defense sucks, but their offense put up 153 points this year already. Like they're just really, really good. And they're doing it by committee, but they also have these two stars. Demontis Bonus, everything runs through him. He's kind of the hub of their offense, which is a lot of fun. And De'Aaron Fox is looking good. And Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, they just, they have names, they have pieces. And Harrison Barnes is still there and I don't think he's going anywhere. So like, <laughs> they're, they're a good team. You, you have all these wonderful things. <laughs> and then when it comes to Harrison Barnes, it's like, and he's still hanging out. He's but, still there. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, they they haven't they haven't found someone to, to bite on him, but I feel like they should keep him right now. Like he's he yeah. could use him, right? So like I, I like player. Yeah, he's he's a good player. I, he's I like a good what role the Kings player. are doing. Yes, yes. I like what the Kings are doing. I think that they're a lot of fun. Their defense still sucks, but um yep. they can score. They can score with the best of them. Yeah, uh, you know, I think the Kings, you know, are a wonderful answer, and you know, light the beam is 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 a, is a you know kind of a weird, fun sports thing, and they're clearly having a good time, and it, I feel like you know, knock on wood for Kings fans, God, but knock I th- on that wood, I know, right? Uh, I think I think there's a chance um, that uh, they're going to break their playoff uh, streak. Like you know, it seems like it could happen. They'll be celebrating with uh, oyster steak uh, yeah. and onions or whatever that is, uh, and banana pudding for uh, dessert. Um, but uh, yeah, king kings are great. Uh, they're I, I sort of you know I'm going last for this, so uh, I picked three teams, and, and and the kings were were certainly one of them. Uh, Pat, who's your uh, who's your team? Uh, yeah, I mean, like my first thought was the Kings too. Um, I, I, you just really hope that they don't Kings it up. <laughs> like, yes, like I could just it's see possible. them trading Herder so quickly for like I don't even know who for maybe Kyrie. I feel like that's a very Kings move. <laughs> Trade all of their productive role players for just Kyrie. Um, I picked the Pacers. Uh, they're trade partners. Um, that was a team that everyone thought was going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, and I think it kind of falls with the Utah kind of line of mm-hmm. uh, thinking being like, Oh, of course they will be bad. But then you kind of look yeah. at their teams and just kind of go back on the whole thing. about expansion is like, no one's really a bum in this league. Like people, like everyone in the league can hoop, you know, and they all fit kind of well. Yeah. Like it, 
you know, if you look at the Jazz, like they just surround. It's just a team of three point shooters. Of course, they're going to be good. Uh, and and if you look at the Pacers, like Miles has been in trade talks every single year of his life, even before mm-hmm. he was in the NBA. Um, and uh, uh, and Tyrese is absolutely phenomenal yep. right now. And uh, and our boy Matherin is <laughs> called out LeBron James and beat LeBron James. That's some Tatum shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so that team is just playing above expectations, but also like the Pacers are just like if you're a Pacers fan, you're kind of low key mad about it because you're like, can we just have a high draft pick? <laughs> God damn it, I'm I'm so tired of losing in the second round. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're they're a great team, even if like like even from that trade, like if you. Of course, the Pacers kind of won, but if you look at it from you know uh, the Kings side, like what Fox is doing is basically what Tyrese is doing, mm-hmm. and you would kind of ask either of those players to substitute what makes them great, and I think it could have been done, but it's really cool to see both of those players kind of being the best versions of themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think uh, you know I, I talked about a lot in the off season. That since I've been a hardcore NBA fan, I have never seen the Spurs, the Jazz, or the Pacers tank. So it you know should be an interesting year, and I think those franchises, you know, I think the Spurs are are, are going hard for it. Like the Spurs are are, are making sure they don't win. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the Jazz and 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 the Pacers have really really good cultures, and uh, I think the Pacers deserve a lot of credit. Like you know, and also you know, shutting out the two coaches of the teams you brought up, like Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. And Carlisle uh, are really both uh, doing good jobs for their you know mm-hmm. respective franchises, and um, yeah, I'm curious to see what the Pacers do. Like, will they say no? Yeah, we don't want to lose in, in the second round or first round. We're gonna we're gonna continue to gut this team. We're gonna trade Heald, and we're gonna trade um, Turner, uh, regardless of how well we're doing. Uh, or are they going to have maybe like a bit of a Raptors moment when, you know, we were about to trade Kyle, right? And and Masai just looked at this team and he's like, this, this team's too good. Like, we, we should be building up and, and not tearing down, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I really uh, I really agree w- with your point, Pat, too, about the, this league being so talented. And and I think top to bottom, there's there's less separation than you know there's ever been, right? There's there's a couple of teams that are you know have really bad records, right? Like Houston, Detroit, Orlando, um, and you know yeah, I think I think they're really good. So so my teams, by the way, uh, uh, I w- actually wasn't the Pacers, which, but it's a great answer. Uh, were the Pelicans, and, and I think a lot of people had the Pelicans, so that's not a surprise in a sense. You know, they're like Zion's back; he's great. Um, everything's kind of fitting there. Um, lots, they're really, really deep. Um, but the team I feel like uh, I want to talk about, uh, you know, because they deserve some love and, and the Raptors have performed well against them. But I really think that uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade is working for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mobley's incredible. I think they're trying something different with their kind of like no swingman, uh, you know, 
team. And yeah, we didn't get, to, we didn't have to play Jared Allen, but you know, I was there for, for a home opener as well. The only games I've seen so far are Cleveland games, but uh, Jared Allen's a monster. He, he's amazing. And he's really, really an incredible player. And again, Garland is fantastic. So, you know, and they, they got some other players too. Love's doing some stuff. I didn't know they had Robin Lopez. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Um, Ooh, the hook shots, baby, the hook shots, baby. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I think I'm happy for JB Bickerstaff as well. Uh, and I think a lot of people assume Cleveland would be doing well. So that's not, they're not like a surprise good team, but I think they are legitimately good. Like I think mm-hmm. that when it comes to playoff time, uh, guarding Mitchell and Garland is going to be hard for any team. And if mm-hmm. they can, you know, a uh, classic caveat, but if they can be healthy, you know, I think they're going to be scary. Um, but buddies, uh, that is it for the pod. We made it to the end. Um, thank you both so much. Uh, Matt, I'll get, I'll bring you in. Um, and thanks for everyone who's been listening to the pod, supporting us, subscribing, commenting, all that stuff, uh, with Raptors Republic. Uh, first, let me go to you, uh, Pat, what do you got going on? What do you feel like plugging? What do you want to let people know? Hey everybody! So there, uh, I'm on a very good uh, improv show this Saturday at the Assembly Theater. Uh, uh, it's a co-produced effort from the Mahjong Mafia and Bad Dog uh, Improv Theater called "All of Us Are Naughty." It's a show where we get people from the audience to write down something that they did that it was naughty, or uh, or what to, uh, or get them on the naughty list, and then uh, and then we read them anonymously, and then we do scenes based off that. It's an all-star cast. Coming down to the Assembly Theater this Saturday at 8 p.m. for all of us are naughty. 9 p.m. Oops. Bye. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, imagine if they, they heard 8 p.m. and they're like, I'm out. Um, <laughs> Nine, uh, you say? Iman, what's up? What, you know, what, what do you want to plug? Uh, you know, yeah, what's what's going on with you right now? Oh, you're oh. you're muted. Uh, of course I am. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, if I didn't pick the Kings for the last one, I was going to pick Jabari, Jabari Smith's head, uh, just because... Um, <laughs> Jabari since, Smith's head! Since Donovan Mitchell decided... Donovan Mitchell. Since DeJounte Murray... Since DeJounte Murray decided to tap at DMs, the names are too confusing. Um, yeah. The Hawks have been outscored 264 to 237. I was doing the math. Um, and wow. um, losing double digits in each of the single games since that happened and going 0-3. So shout out to uh, Jabari Smith's head. But I think crediting the <laughs> Cavs for the move that they made and not crediting the Hawks uh, was slander enough. So um, Yes. <laughs> Uh, I have a piece that will be dropping hopefully soon this week um, about Pascal Siakam and why he is incredibly special. He wants to get into the top five. I'm talking about can he get there? Is he already there? And questions like that. Amazing. And and can everyone find that on on Twitter? Yeah, Sports Canada. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Find that on Yeah, Sports Canada. Uh, It'll also be up on YouTube and I'll tweet it out. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, thank you both so much for joining. Uh, this is a really, really good show. And um, Maddie, let me let me throw to you. What do you want to let people know about us, about Raptors Republic? Right. Hit them with the goods. 
Yeah, you can listen to us on raptorsrepublic.com if you are already. That's great. If you watched a couple of the clips we put up on YouTube, go to the podcatchers, subscribe to the Rapcast to listen to the full episode. And as we've said the last few weeks, there is a paywall up for a lot of the editorial content now on Raptors Republic, six bucks a month. So please subscribe. I think there might be a deal still on. I know there was a Black Friday deal that they had. It was a dollar for three months or something like that. Might still be up. Don't quote me on it, but I, I saw on the site today the banner was still there. Uh, either way, six bucks, one buck. You know what? It's just all to support some great writing. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, thank you, Matty T. You're the absolute greatest. Uh, I appreciate you. And um, yeah, everyone for listening and you know you both for joining. And um, yeah, I think uh, we're done. We're good to go. Matty, please just give me those words I love so very much. Okay. okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 